Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Big Nasty. Yeah, Big Nasty. All-fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Podcast. Back at you today for episode 139. And the Buccaneers are 4-2. Back on primetime once again for week 7. And they're going to square off against Chucky and the Las Vegas Raiders out there in the desert. Welcome to this week's game preview. I'm your host as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, as always, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish. And for this week's game preview, we've got a very special guest joining the show. It's been quite a while, but I'm very happy to have this guy back on. Our good friend, Jay Levy, a.k.a. Captain Jack Rackham, Raiders superfan. Yeah! There we go. How are we doing today, boys? It is a beautiful Thursday. And, uh, you know, I am pumped up for Sunday night football this week. Obviously, from what we've seen so far this season, the Buccaneers don't fare very well on primetime. We'll talk about that here shortly. But after last week's performance against Green Bay, I am fired up to see what they can put on the field come Sunday. But first and foremost, how are we doing? Evan, how's your week going so far? Good. Uh, I still, you know, when you said Las Vegas Raiders, I'm still kind of getting used to that whole thing. I, I keep wanting to say Oakland. Um but uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's been a good week so far. And, and you know, Jay, we were doing a little history before the show started, and we've had you on the show before. The last time you were on the show was episode twenty-one. It was an episode called Bitter Rivals, and we called it that because obviously, you know, there's a couple of games on the Buccaneer schedule that pop up that mean a little bit more because of the opponent. I'll say that Green Bay is one. And the Raiders are definitely the other one. But we had you on way back on episode 21. We talked about John Gruding being hired by the Raiders. They gave him, what, that $100 million contract. There were a lot of rumors swirling around before then that maybe he was going to reunite with the Bucks and bring that back. We talked about it a ton here on the show. And, of course, after the hiring, we brought you on and we broke it down. And we had a great time. But that was episode 21. This is episode 139. So to say that Captain Jack back on the Cannon Fire podcast is long overdue is is quite the understatement, if I do say so myself. Well, let me get a few things straight. First off, I'm not going to talk like this the entire time because it'll really screw up my throat. <laughs> so I'm going to talk normal, okay? Second thing is it's been so long that uh, for that episode, I didn't have a, any gray in my beard. I did not have a belly. And my, I was built like the rock. 
And now I'm just kind of built like uh, some fruity pebbles or cocoa pebbles or whatever type of pebbles you got. Yeah. Um, and by the way, if you say levy one more time, I'm going to come through the damn computer and choke your ass out, Rhett. Levy. 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 Okay. Oh, man. Now I feel even worse because we're like real life friends, too. Like, that's the, that's the worst part of it is that we're friends on Facebook. Hey, partner. I, I love you to death, man, but, you know, and if I didn't love you, and I say that in a good manly pirate way, um, I, it, 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 I've been Levy and Levi for many, many years, and it, it's the it's, it's way it is. I, and I usually say, uh, no, maybe the third time you'll actually get it right, you fucking schmuck. You know, that's just the way <laughs> I said that here. And I'm sorry if I'm not allowed to cuss. You're going to have to bleep that one out. So, uh, oh no, you're good. We're not too strict on it. I'll just I'll slap the explicit tag on it so everybody knows what's up. But I mean, we're joined by a pirate, so of course, some sailor yeah. mouth is to be expected. And speaking of pirates playing this weekend, believe it or not, guys, the Buccaneers are favored in Vegas this week. They were two and a half point underdog last week against Green Bay. Obviously, we saw how that game went. So the Bucks are favored in Vegas this week. So if you feel like putting some money on it, well, the best place to do it responsibly is with our good friends at betonline.ag. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And they've always got their online casino, which never, ever closes. So make sure that you head over to betonline.ag today and you take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Once again, that's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook expert. Also, I'll mention it while we're on the topic. We are the official Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast of the Believe Podcast Network. So really cool things in the works with Believe and, of course, our good friends at Bet Online. Make sure you guys go check out all that good stuff. And if you have the option, mention that you heard it on the Cannon Fire podcast. But we have got an action-packed show to get into today. It's our weekly game preview. And there are some pretty high expectations with this football game. You got a couple of teams that are looking great. Raiders are three and two right now. Buccaneers are four and two. Raiders coming off of their bye week. Tampa Bay in prime time because obviously that's what this game is about. It's under the lights. It's Sunday night football. Nation's going to be watching. Well, the Bucks have lost their last four of five prime time matchups. They lost to the Bears in Week Six. They lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2018. I was at that game. It was a heartbreaker. It was the Atlanta Falcons in 2017. They lost to the Dallas Cowboys in 2016. And then they barely beat the Panthers 20-14 week two of last season. So safe to say, regardless of what we've seen this season, primetime does not fare too well for the Pewter Pirates, does it, Evan? No, it it really doesn't. And um, unfortunately, I think if they want to make the playoffs, they're going to have to, they're going to have to fare better because I mean, they got this game, but then, you know, they, they got two more against the giants and the saints right after. And then they have the Rams later on on Monday night. So, uh, you know, can't, can't afford to go. Oh, and five in your five primetime games this year. Yeah, you can. <laughs> at, at, at least, you know, you know what, as long as you're Oh, and one, on Sunday, the the rest of the stuff that's on you guys. But all right, uh, cool. I, I'll I'll give you guys you know zero and one on Sunday. You guys figure out the rest. There right, we go. And, and you know what we talk about the Raiders as well. Obviously, we all know what happened in two thousand and three. But if you look at the series record aside from that, seven I, and two. I, 
can't the, remember 2003 um. seven and two the raiders have beat the bucks seven times and they've only lost twice in the regular season so we can look at the way that the bucks are playing this season but a couple of things that have to be noted as long as some other things we'll get into later about this raiders football team but the series record is what it is like i said seven and two against the tampa bay buccaneers so jay you know when it comes to this game i'm sure you watched the buccaneers performance last week but what is the oh, yeah overall tone of of Raider Nation right now with the uh the quote big bad bucks coming to town well and and uh I want to make a make another another uh offsite on, on that seven and two and it should be eight and one because I remember Cole Ford gagging a field goal at the very end in Tampa uh I can't remember where the hell I was I was I was in the Navy still or I was a contractor but it was a I mean a field goal. It was a chip shot going towards the, uh, the, 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 the pirate ship and he missed it. Oh man. And I'm like, really Cole? And, and Cole Ford, if you guys don't remember, that's the guy that, uh, was, was, uh, I arrested in Vegas for trying to like shoot the, the, the dudes with the lions, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Look him up, look him up on, uh, you know, uh, Google them. This Cole is a Ford. kicker too. Yeah, kicker. Yeah. Oh, they so, seem like some good guys to party with out in Vegas. Uh, I've never oh, heard of yeah. a kicker getting that crazy, but I'm sure there's some crazier stories out there. Yeah. See, see, this is the entertainment that I bring to you because I'm old and I know shit. Okay. <laughs> so uh, line up, and uh, I mean, Mike Husted's a, a good buddy of mine. At least uh, used to be on my old profile. I got to pick him back up. But yeah, kickers are cool. Kickers are cool. They're 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 unique. So I oh, but getting back to I, I'm sorry, dudes. If you want a straight conversation, you're gonna have to watch the meandering that I take to get back to the main highway. Okay, so I'll I'll get us there as well. The mood in Raider Nation is is really good. I mean, in the fact that we looked at the schedule in the first six games that we had, you know, going to going to uh, Carolina. Uh, meeting up with the with the Patriots, aka the Cheatriots, um, having that tough uh, opener in Vegas against the Saints. Who, uh, at the beginning of the season, this is not hate and discontent. I said the Saints are going to be the the best of the NFC South, and it's mm-hmm. going to, in order for the Bucks to make the playoffs, they're going to have to go through Nolens. Not not looking that way now, but then again, you know, we'll see how it is at the end of the season as well. But you know, very tough games. We just came out of Kansas City with our first win in Kansas City since 2012. Mm. The first time that Derek Carr beat Mahomes outside of Thursday night games. I, I That's why I said, hey, if Kansas City's always going to get a bye before the Raiders week, and they do this year when they go out to Vegas, look it up, guys. It's, it's frigging irresponsible that the NFL always gives the Chiefs a bye before their game with the Raiders, whichever one it is. But I said, okay, well, then then for that, make it even that they have to play us on a Thursday night so we can – we're, we're 2-0 against them on Thursday night, so let's make it even, okay? Again, back to point. The Buccaneers are coming off a impressive win, and I actually watched it just to get – you know, do my scouting so I knew a little bit more about the team. They didn't look good against the Bears. I was actually watching that game as well. But they came back and 10 days later, did not commit a penalty, did not do anything. I think that there was like there was no penalties, no 
um, that it was like three things that they had not a, a football team had not done since like the nineties. It, it was the, zero turnovers, well, zero sacks allowed, and um, yeah, zero penalties as well. So the perfect trifecta, I really think, to beating anybody in the NFL. It doesn't matter how good of a yeah. team you are; you can do you're all three win. of those things, you're and you're going to win much every game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you, feel, you do it well. You do one of those things with the penalties; you're, you're looking really good to win. Yeah, you put all three of those together against a team like the Packers. And so that that was an impressive win, especially after they, you know, looked like crap against the Bears. And uh, was it some some guy, I, I can't remember his name, I call him 50 who, some guy who used to play for the Raiders was just in in uh, Brady's breakfast the entire game, you know, and was like, John, him. I think he threw your rookie right tackle like a ragdoll oh a couple times. Oh my God, times. with one hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I again, I can't. I call him Fifty Who because I can't remember his name. He's a former, he's a former Raider. I won't wear any of his jerseys until after he retires. And unfortunately, I got about six of them, so it'll be throwbacks when I wear them when when I get the chance to wear Fifty Who's jersey. To point, Raider Nation had a very impressive win against the Chiefs, and they they go in on the bye and they're going to get healthy in a lot of their positions. They beat the Saints. I want to say impressively. Uh, on their opener, and they beat the Panthers, and the Panthers are a good team in the NFC South. They're just doing that transition. They didn't look as good against the Patriots, and I'm being kind, again, calling them the Patriots. They they were actually in the game against the Bills, and they ended up only losing by, like, one score. So the Raiders are looking really good. In my, and, again, I've, I'm always a, a, a glasses-half-empty, show-me type of person. But I've seen a lot of uh, good wins and a lot of uh, positive things coming out from the Raiders. And the most positive thing I got going is that, again, this buy comes at a very good time for the Raiders. We got Henry Ruggs and Trent Brown back the last game, and we needed them. There's a lot of injuries that uh, the Raiders are trying to go through. Getting a lot of the guys back, and and I would say most of them, at this juncture against a very good Buccaneers team is very important. Yeah, and I mean, you know, like you said, they go into Kansas City and they win. Uh, what was it? Really seemed like they, the Raiders' defense, who you know has has struggled uh, at times this season. It really seemed like they stepped up against Mahomes. What did you see from the Raiders' defense, and how how do you think the Bucks' offense could really maybe take advantage or have some trouble? Well, actually, I'm glad you asked that, Evan, because. The, the, the entire Raider Nation folks that are on uh, multi-social uh, media were calling for the head of the Raiders defensive coordinator, Paul Gunther. And the defense, uh, aside from a few few times where like they, they hadn't gotten the, the, uh, the pressures, um, they hadn't gotten the turnovers, and they went into Kansas City – and we were all like waiting for the, oh, my God, they're going to kick our ass again because the defense wasn't there. They uh, Kansas City went up, I believe, 14 to three before mm-hmm. the Raiders woke up, kind of like when the Raiders were playing the Saints. The Saints were up like uh, 10 to 10 to three before the Raiders woke up in the second quarter. Same thing happened against Kansas City. The Raiders offense woke up. Uh, Aguilar, who is a fantastic pickup that we got from the Eagles, deep threat. And then, of course, Henry Ruggs being there, another deep threat, two quick scores, game tied 17-all at the half. And it's like, if you weren't watching, 
And a lot of a lot of Raider fans, I'll admit this, they were saying, oh, we're playing Kansas City. It's going to be one of those games. They actually came back in when they saw that the score was 17-all at the half. The most impressive thing that the Raiders did was the Raiders kicked Kansas City's ass in the third quarter, did not allow them to score, went up a, a couple other scores, and other than a, I want to say, a gimme prevent defense score at the very end, they handled Mahomes. They pressured him. They didn't get any sacks, but they they pressured him enough that he was off kilter. And that's saying a lot against Patrick Mahomes. And uh, so the Raiders' D was most impressive. And uh, I, we're looking for that to continue because I tell you, that possibly saved Paul Gunther's job with Rod Marinelli being there as his assistant when people were already saying, well, Marinelli's going to take over. We don't care who is the defensive coordinator as long as the defense can play up to its capabilities. And they got a lot of good young players on that D. We just need to make sure that they continue that ascension that they showed against the Chiefs. And I've been watching a couple of Raiders games this season. I hate to admit it, but when you beat the Saints, obviously you get my attention. Any team who does that is going to get my attention. So I've been watching some Raider games, and I'll tell you, that what I've seen from this Raiders team compared to years past, and I think the same can be said about the Bucks so far, or at least after last week, um, but the Raiders don't commit very many penalties this year. They don't turn the ball over that often. You know, they've got a couple of dropped passes, but I think the number, they've got like four on the season. You know, so they are a team that has proven that, one, they're not going to beat themselves, and two, they can swing with just about anybody. This isn't like playing for the Bucks. This isn't like playing a team like Carolina or Denver or even the Chargers sometimes because they're just, they're you know, while they can get sloppy at times, they're not going to shoot themselves in the foot as much as bad teams would do. And I think that's some growth that we've seen from the Raiders as far as what I've seen this season. Now for the Bucks, as we had mentioned a little bit earlier, you know, you talked about how the Raiders started their game playing from behind second quarter. They kind of woke up same exact situation with the Bucks Packers game. Packers came out 10 to zero lead before you know it. And in the second quarter is the start of a 38 unanswered point run. So the question for the Bucks is this, Evan, I wanted to toss this one to you, but you know, the expectation for Tampa Bay in this football game is, can they do it again? Last week's win against green Bay was textbook. All three facets of the game were playing extremely well. Discipline was at an all-time high. Now, you know, to expect zero sacks, zero turnovers, and zero penalties is a bit overkill. I don't think it's going to happen for another five years from any NFL team. But the new standard that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have set for themselves when it comes to discipline, you know, they've proven that, and Bruce Arian says it all the time, if you don't beat yourself, you're a hard team to beat. And I, I really think that, you know, as much as I hate to say it, I know this is a game that could be competitive. A couple of high-scoring offenses. John Gruden really going to put a show on Sunday Night Football. But if the Buccaneers can come out here and not beat themselves, I think this might be a game that, you know, for the Raiders could get out of hand a little faster than they like. But, Evan, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think, obviously, like you said, they they played near flawless football um, against the Packers. And, uh, yeah, I wouldn't expect that again just because – I mean, we said that stat hadn't happened since 1999. It'll probably be another 20 years until it happens again. Um, so, I, I mean, yeah, I definitely wouldn't expect that. If you are expecting that, you're going to be disappointed because uh, no, no team's going to play that clean of a game. Um, so, I mean, really for the Bucks, I think it's 
it's keeping keeping the trend of not letting it get out of hand. You, you thought, you know, the offensive line was maybe turning the corner against the Chargers, then allow a sack against a good Chargers defensive line, and then the Bears come in and they rough them up pretty good. Uh, you thought the Bucks were playing a little bit more disciplined, and then the Bears game happened and they commit 11 penalties for over 100 yards. Uh, you know, that can't happen this week. If it does, the Bucks aren't going to win. Uh, you're, you're, you're never going to win committing that many penalties. So, yeah, it is a thing where they can't beat themselves. And like you said, the Raiders are not going to commit dumb penalties, stupid mistakes, or a well-coached football team. Um, and I, like you said, they're not going to turn the ball over. I think Derek Carr's one interception, and that was uh, versus Kansas City. Um, so until then, he hadn't thrown a pick. Uh, they, they do have a few fumbles. It does seem like there's a little bit of a fumbling issue there, but I don't think it's too concerning. Um, but, yeah, they're, uh, and Derek Carr's always been that guy. He's always going to take care of the football. He's never really going to lose you the football game like by himself. Uh, so the Bucks are definitely going to have to play discipline and have to play clean on the offensive side of the ball as far as turnovers go. Uh, but, I mean, the Raiders have some some real talent on their defensive line with uh, Maurice Hurst uh, and and, uh, and uh, the defensive end Max Crosby. Hey, who, they also got my uh, man. They also got my man Carl Nassib. I was sad yeah, to see yeah. Big 94 go last season, man. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, – obviously, we know what he brings. He's a high-effort player, always going to give you everything. So, um yeah, it's, it's definitely a game where the Bucks can't beat themselves. Uh, I, I think it'd be wrong to expect perfection from them again just because it just happens so little. But, yeah, if, if they want to win this game, uh, yeah, they, they definitely can't beat themselves. And same for the Raiders. I think this is going to be a game where both teams realize that they can't have many turnovers. Uh, they can't commit too many penalties. I think both offensive lines are going to have to play well. And I think the offensive line that plays better and the team that makes maybe even one less mistake is going to be a team that wins. I, I, was, I would say spot on on that. Um, I actually think that because of COVID, that the amount of penalties that the Raiders have this year have been severely uh, decreased because the Raiders in years of old – are really stupid for their pre-snap penalties, offsides and false starts. But with the fact that there's not a lot of crowds out there, mm-hmm. and uh, even in Kansas City, I didn't see a lot of the pre-snap penalties that they had. Uh, so I, I firmly believe that that is a direct uh, correlation between the crowd noise. Yeah. Um, and 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 love it. I mean, I, w- I wish, <laughs> trust me, bring the folks into the crowd's next year but but figure out on the Raiders offensive line not not have to do those damn pre-snap penalties and that's that's good so hopefully it'll it'll continue forward uh you mentioned Carl Nassib Carl Nassib had a, a broken toe against the uh the Chiefs went out at halftime didn't return I'm hoping that he returns and again it just depends upon which toe was broken as to what his availability is if it's mm-hmm. one of the if it's the pinky toe or the big toe, that's a lot harder to come back from than maybe a, a, one of the toes in the middle where you can tape it up next to the one next to it and you're not using it as a plant or a pivot. So hopefully we'll be able to get him back. That's why I said the bye week came at a very good time for the Raiders. Um, Mo, you were talking Mohurst. Mohurst was on COVID uh, protocols. I think he should be back. Mm-hmm. Our... Uh, Rookie corner Arnett was put on COVID protocols just the other day. Uh, not necessarily him testing positive, but him being in 
with somebody that was. I There's no further information on whether he will come back. He, he was coming off of an injury to his wrist anyway. But uh, we're, we're getting most of our people back at the right time. Um, the fact that Ruggs came back and Trent Brown came back were, were pivotal in that Kansas City game. And hopefully our other really upstart uh, wide receiver, Edwards, the kid out of South Carolina. I was a big great, fan of him. Oh, yeah, great guy. Uh, he was hurt a couple games back, and hopefully he will be back for the game against the Bucks as well. So if you throw Ruggs and Edwards and Aguilar, along with the, the wonderful third and Renfro, Hunter Renfro is good for all of those downs. You have one of the top tight ends in football with Waller. I know you guys are kind of partial to a couple of your guys on the team, and they are a really great tight end trifecta when, when OJ's in there. Mm-hmm. But you're down OJ. Gronk is a little bit injured. And I love Cameron Braid. I think you guys should probably use Cameron Braid a hell of a lot more than you are. Oh. But that's just that's just me personally. But we've been uh, get... we've been pounding the table on this show before saying that we need to see Cameron Braid. Because, you know, you did bring up the tight end room, and I'll mention this really quickly. Um, you know, we were concerned about Gronk for a little while. I, I think we Got some reassurance after the Green Bay game. He showed up. We saw some vintage TB12 to Rob Gronkowski. So for him to be expected to carry the load out of that tight end room, I feel a little bit better about it now than I did headed into last week's game, especially after the OJ injury. But um, no, I mean, I, I do agree that I think, you know, when it comes to just pure athletic ability, the Raiders have the advantage there. But I will say that we've been pounding the table. I'm a huge fan of Cam Brayton. and, you know, hopefully we'll see him in the game plan eventually, but Gronk has definitely been improving. So um, just an interesting situation there. I thought I'd mention. I was going to say, lo- I love your, your trifecta when OJ's uh, there, but I tell you what guys, and again, I-, I swear I am not saying this because I'm a Homer, but with Waller, Witten, who is, who is uh, I, I mean, he's still got a little bit left in the tank, kind of like your, your, our version of your Gronkowski. Somebody that you really need there to bring, you know, the, the catches that are needed and the experience that are needed. And Derek Carrier, along with Foster Moreau, who's the kid we got out of LSU a couple years ago, I'll take our tight ends as a foursome over anybody's in the league. And that's when OJ is even not injured. I mean, I, I am looking at it. Those guys are awesome. And without Waller, this team, this offense is a lot different because when, when you shut mm-hmm. down Waller like uh, he was shut down uh, against the Cheatriots up there, it, it obviously cascades down to who's open, who's not open, mm-hmm. what are those second options. So keeping Derek Waller available and open is a prime concern for your defense, yep. as it would be on our defense, making sure that Godwin is checked, making sure that Evans, if he's playing, is is under control. I'm more concerned about Godwin and Evans than anything else that your offense can throw out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you got the kid that came out with his first touchdown the other day, Johnson, I believe. Tyler, Tyler Johnson, Johnson yep. Yeah. Yeah, looks good. And I tell you what, uh, Scotty Miller is is a is kind of like your version of our Hunter Renfro. So we match up as far as uh, personnel, as far as what we have and what y'all have. It's making sure that the defenses key on the right people. 
I'm definitely going to take Jacobs over Rojo, but Rojo has uh-huh. looked good the last couple of weeks. And that, that was something that you guys did not have for a long time. In fact, when your own coach kind of poo-poos, you know, the availability of uh, ro- what Ronald Jones brings to the team, I think Rojo figured out that he needs to be a vital cog in the Bucks offense as well. Yeah, and I mean, you know, they're the Bucks are also hoping to get Leonard Fournette back, so maybe they put him in on third down, see a little bit of him. But uh, yeah, I mean, the the Raiders, the the one hole that I saw just from sort of looking at, I, I saw a little bit of film, and then I I looked at some some uh, stat lines, and it seemed like some teams, especially the Patriots, were able to have success running the football against their the defense. And uh, obviously the Bucks, Ronald Jones had three straight over a hundred yard uh, games. First and he's running hoping back to... <clears throat> in Bucks franchise history, by the way, since Doug Martin in what, like 2015, 2014? Yeah, so I think it was. I think it was like. I think it was twenty fifteen. Um, yeah. So I mean, it, that's going to be important for for the Bucks to to get the run game going, and it's going to be important for the Raiders to to stop the run game because, I mean, really, when when this Bucks run game is going, it just opens up a whole lot more and it creates a lot more problems for a defense. Um, I, I do like that you you mentioned Waller because to me, when I watch the Raiders, he's the guy that makes everything sort of work. I think the offense really revolves around him. Yeah, you got Ruggs, you got Aguilar, you got Josh Jacobs, who's a great running back. Um, but I, I, when I look at it, I think if, just like you said, the Patriots were able to really contain Waller and it created some problems for the Raiders' offense. Uh, I, I think if, if the Bucks were able to shut down Waller, I think it opens up a whole lot more. Uh, I know that Jacobs is a good back, but I think he's going to have to backs have had more success catching the football uh, than, than running it against the Bucks. So I think if the Raiders want to have success with Jacobs, it's going to be more in a passing game and a screen game rather than just straight running the football. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you shut down Waller and you're able to contain Ruggs and Aguilar, uh, really the, the, this Raiders, this, this Raiders offense could have some trouble, but I mean, it, it, it's a not an easy task because Waller is a, is a fantastic player. And, um, one, one second, Evan. Hey, hey, John. Yeah, John. Yeah, it's Captain Jack. Make sure we use uh, Jacobs and Booker and Richard a little bit more in the passing games. I'm getting some really good gouge here. I figured I'd let you know about tell, it. Tell John I said hi and good luck. And and uh, your your former mates in uh, Tampa say hey. Hey, say <laughs> thanks for the ring. <laughs> okay yeah I, I won't tell him to, uh, to f off okay I'll, I'll be nice. okay hey thanks thanks again john one second i'm sorry uh, evan that was some really good stuff and i agree with all of that which why i wanted to make sure i imparted your wisdom and the things that i've been banging banging on my drum for a while is make sure that we're using the running backs well i it was so good i, I had to call john just of course <laughs> i i apologize i apologize profusely not well there you, you go you know while you got him on the horn i wish we could have had him a little bit longer he would be able to I go over him back in a little bit <laughs> I, I, yeah i mean I, I don't know he's a busy guy doing a lot of game planning right now i don't want to interrupt him but while we're on the topic of john gruden this is something i wanted to talk about it's the chucky factor in this football game and obviously while it's not the biggest storyline headed into sunday it's one of my favorites it's one of the most intriguing things about this game because john gruden whether whatever this record says about Tampa Bay's franchise history, but John Gruden is Tampa Bay's all-time winningest head coach. He's got 57 mm-hmm. wins, a 57 to 55 record with the Bucks. 
from 2002 to 2008. We know what happened the first season. He helped the Bucks win a franchise record three division titles in 02, 05, and 07, and of course, Super Bowl 37. And Gruden was also recently inducted into the Bucks Ring of Honor in 2017. That was, you know, that was hot during the rumors. That was Dirk Cutter was the head coach. Was it the Monday night game, I think, at yep. halftime? Yep. It was oh, the Falcons, oh yeah. my God, the rumors were just swirling. And that was, you know, that was a pretty interesting time in history. But as we know, he opted to go back to the Raiders organization. They paid him what he did, and the rest is history. Well, his first two seasons in Oakland, the Raiders went 4-12. and Next year, they went 7-9. and Currently, they are 3-2 and after a huge 40-32 to upset against the Super Bowl champion Chiefs in Kansas City. I wanted to bring him up because, Jay, I wanted to ask you, the morale behind John Gruden. I know there's been some highs and some lows since he's returned, but Raiders Nation still faithful to old Chucky? Oh, yeah. Um, and and I think that we were talking, if we're going to go back to episode 21, um, and and, if, and I, I haven't heard it in a while, so hopefully I'm actually getting right on what I was talking to you about. Is like I'm not necessarily, wasn't necessarily thrilled about Gruden, but I said, I want to see what Gruden brings to the team, who his assistants are, and what, what he is doing with that. Um, I was a little bit higher on Gunther uh, then than I was now. Um, but I, I also uh, was really stoked that after that interview, and uh, like a year later, we get Mike Mayock as GM. Mm-hmm. And with Mike Mayock working with John Gruden, because John Gruden is that kid – that goes into the candy store and says, I want that one, I want that Everything. one, I want that yep. one, I want that one, right? John has been known to kind of, you know, over-task extreme, yeah. his, his GM or the guy that's writing the, the paychecks. But I think that the uh, the way he works with Mayock is Mayock's like the, the father that says, no, no, son, that pick one mm-hmm. and maybe maybe for your birthday – We'll get another one, you know, or maybe in the future, or maybe we don't want to have that that super expensive item when we can get three items here that cost about the same that is needed. And I think that Gruden working with Mayock is very important, and that has really worked well for the Raiders. And you know, uh, I was talking when I was telling everybody to to get out the vote, and they were saying, you know, we're going to vote for Captain Jack for POTUS. I said. And then the next one was, no, right in Mike Mayock. And I agree with that one a little bit more than me being the president. But, uh, you know, Raider Nation is high on Gruden. He's still, and I, I, I reference this back to what I was talking to you about way back when, he is still a little bit too conservative on his play calling. And he needs to learn that when you got the team down, and you and, uh, and I know this is probably a bad context considering all the the issues that we've had socially this year, but when you when you get on the guy's neck, now you know why it's a bad it's a bad throwback. You step on you step on the neck and you continue to push points. Okay, notwithstanding what happened in, in Minneapolis and again bad bad stuff there, uh, but Gruden still needs to learn how to when you are winning, you need to take that guy down and you don't let up on him. You mm-hmm. actually continue the fight. Don't go into that prevent defense, which prevents you from possibly scoring or winning like they did last week. We were up two scores, and then, you know, 
with with one uh, like one minute to go, Mahomes has the ball down eight. That's something mm-hmm. you don't want to be in. Okay, I would rather him doing something like what he did uh, against the Saints, where we're up by seven, and he has Carlson come out and kick a long field goal to make him up by ten. I want to see more of that because it was it was kind of risky. You're allowing a, a possibility of Drew Brees getting the ball on a on a half field down only seven if you if you miss that field goal. But I like the fact that he showed some cojones and did that. I want to continue to see more of that. Uh, we need to take the the uh, the reg uh, was it the restrictor plate off the NASCAR. And we got some NASCAR guys on our team. We got Ruggs. We got Edwards. We got Aguilar. And and you know what? Renfro runs pretty fast for a white guy. I know that that's like a crack joke, <laughs> but he. But the best thing is, is that he runs well and he catches the friggin' ball. And you know, it doesn't matter how fast you run if you can't catch the ball. And our guys are really good for that. You were saying, alluding to the amount of drops we've had this year. I I, I hope you didn't just spoil it with a. With the, you know how when a TV announcer says, "Well, this guy hasn't missed in three years," of course <laughs> the guy misses the field yeah. goal. But you know, I haven't seen a lot of drops this year, and it's because Carr has been on a good wavelength with his receivers. Aside from that one pick he had uh, in Kansas City, and he's always good for at least one stupid pick in Kansas City. But you know, he got it was how he came back afterwards. And Derek Carr will not lose you games. He he, he needs to learn how to, to hold on to the football a little bit more in the pocket when he's pressured but that's about the only thing i have bad to say about Derek Carr. he's leading the team the team is is following gruden they're following with the the the, uh the coaches that they've had and if you don't think that john gruden circled this game of course oh yeah year like as soon as it came out you know it's his first crack at his former team and that's what just makes it so damn interesting but but here's the other thing dude Remember, you got some old dude with the number 12 playing quarterback for you. Oh, yeah. Okay. So not only did he circle it, then he took another marker and then he boxed it out and he highlighted it and he put a grr face on it. This game means a lot to Gruden and it definitely means a lot to the Raiders. So, you know, I go by the old Al Davis adage, just win, baby. Mm-hmm. So, so with that, but I'd like to just win, baby, and have it be a laugher by halftime. I'm not asking for a lot. That's just, you know, you know what I would like to see. But I want to see a W mm-hmm. at the end of the game. And that's all I ask for because Bucks are going to be a tough game. And everybody in this league is a tough game. But I tell you what, being four and two after the first six, when you look at the Raiders schedule of the next 10 and according to the schedule, it gets easier. But as you guys know, people that you think are a walkover win at the beginning of the year suddenly are the guys that that you can't beat after you get to them. So the wins that bite you in the ass later on in the season when it comes down to the nitty gritty. Yeah, yeah, as Fonzarelli would say, Azectabundo. And if you don't know who <laughs> Arthur Fonzarelli is, I'm definitely too old for this crowd. <laughs> <laughs> I-, I wanted to take a piece of what you had said, you know, about this new Raiders identity that what you've seen. John Gruden can get a little bit conservative with his play calling, especially when they're playing from ahead. And, you know, 
ever since the John Gruden days in Tampa, I think we've seen a bit of the same thing. The Buccaneers have a habit of getting up big in a game and then letting that team slowly but surely make their way back into the football game. And the improvement that we saw against Green Bay is something that I wanted to note because, yes, the the whole narrative of the coaching staff that Tampa Bay has is, you know, no risk it, no biscuit. They're, they're going to go for it even when they're up. And we saw that consistent aggressiveness against Tampa Bay. Like there was, I texted Evan, they were up like 28 to 10 or 31 to 10 or one of those before they finally, you know, finished 38 points. And they took a play action shot like way downfield. It was what late in the third quarter, they're up three possessions second down play action, take a 60 yard shot. Cause why the hell not? And I think that's something that, you know, a lot of Bucks fans still have to get used to because we have been screaming at the top of our lungs. And I know that Raider Nation also sympathizes, but it feels like you've been screaming at your TV at the top of your lungs. Just don't let up. Just keep your foot on the throat. And the improvement that, you know, we've seen from Tampa Bay, I'm not so sure about the Raiders because you just mentioned how that's still kind of a thing. But with all of that being said, you know, this is mm-hmm. one of those games that really just comes down to whatever team wants it more as any given Sunday yeah. in the NFL, of course. But, but Evan... What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think um, the the Bucks showed a more aggressive uh, side that yet we've seen yet uh, this year. Um, so, I mean, hopefully it can continue. And you know, for for Vegas, hopefully, you know, it's it's always important to sort of keep your keep your foot on the gas. And uh, because that's you know, like 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 you said, I mean. Patrick Mahomes getting the ball back down eight—that's that's not ideal. Uh, when you're up for by you know two scores already, uh, that game should pretty much be over uh, at that point. But uh, I wanted to I wanted to ask you one last question before we got to our to our checklist, uh, basically because you know you know I, I don't really talk to many Raiders fans, so I don't really get a, a fan perspective. What are your thoughts on like Derek Carr as a whole? Because I I've seen a lot of mixed things a lot of people say that yeah he's he's like he's the guy right and a lot of people hold on to that 2016 season before he got injured when he was playing just great football and he was you know mvp caliber uh but then other people were saying oh it's it's time to move on and he is getting a little older i believe he's he's 30 now or so i think he's close um what are your thoughts on Carr, and and do you think that they can they can win with this guy or do you think that gruden might want his his own guy in there the answer to that is yes, <laughs> and, and I know and I know that that sounds convoluted, but because the, it is a very convoluted question. Um, it, it's funny because Derek Carr gets more respect from non-Raiders fans at times than he does from his own fans, and uh, it, it's a very divisive subject within the groups that I talk about. You know, they're saying like, we can't win with this guy because. He's checked down Charlie, and they throw all the stats for mm-hmm. he's got this, that, and the other thing, but his win percentage is this. And, and you know, I think one of your former coaches, Ra Morris, said Raheem. stats are for losers. No, I like to yeah. call him Ra. Ra, Ra, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah, no, Raheem, Raheem is too formal. <laughs> Ra, Ra Morris saying that stats are for losers. And, by the way, congratulations to him on his first win as interim, who cares, right? It's it's Raheem Morris, you know. Sorry, uh, I do keep up, guys. I actually do know about about the Bucks since I'm here, um, but it's true. Derek Carr has the capabilities. He was a MVP candidate in 2016 until Christmas Eve 
when Donald Penn, another former buck that we, we mm-hmm. brought into the fold and great guy as well. I had to throw him out of a bar one night. That's another question. We'll, we'll get to that some, another time. But the one sack that he gave up all year was the sack that broke Carr's ankle. Mm. And if you if you don't remember it, I'm sure people have recently seen the broken ankle that Dak Prescott has. It was something along those lines. When when your ankle is supposed to be like this, mm. and it's like this, well, I, I remember that. from that injury. You know, instantly Derek Carr like looked at the sideline and he's screaming, "It's broken! It's broken! It's broken!" That was. I, that was rough, and that was a rough end to, as you were mentioning, a great year. And it's insane. You know, I still want to get the rest of your answer on this, but when it comes to the Buck side of things, you know, a divisive quarterback is something that we're totally accustomed to. And, and oh, when yeah. you look at, you know, for five years, the conversation in Tampa Bay was, well, can you win with Jameis Winston? Here's the difference between that situation and Derek Carr. I look at Derek Carr as, like we said, that 2016 season, 13-3 and record, if I remember correctly. He was playing at an MVP caliber rate, and he got you guys to the playoffs. You know, the Bucks never had a guy to do that. So this conversation being that much more deci- uh, divisive is, is really just, you know, where it's two totally opposite ends of the spectrum because it's like, can we win this? With, uh, can we win with this guy? Well, you kind of have before, you know, before the injury. So... That's just kind of what I look at as an outside perspective. And I didn't mean to cut you off. I just wanted to make sure I mentioned that as well, because quarterback controversy is always um, oh, an yeah. interesting topic. Well, hell, uh, it, it, uh, first off, it was 12 and four, because if it was 13 and three, we wouldn't have to have gone to the Texans and, and we would have mm-hmm. won the ASC West. But I, I get you. I, I, a bravo. The fact that you knew that we had a bunch of wins that year, I wish it was. <laughs> you were you were working at the mall, and I remember that season. We'd always walk in and talk about it. Raiders were playing damn good that year. Yeah, yeah, and like I said uh, thirteen and three would have mean that the Raiders won the AFC West instead of those stinking Chiefs. Um, but that goes uh, without conversation. Thirteen and three also means we're not in a in, in a wild card game. We're mm. actually in a in a home game. That one win would 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 have been fantastic. And uh, it, there were plenty of opportunities there for it. But getting back to point, Carr, uh, the year afterwards, after bringing the Raiders to the playoffs, and then we get people like uh, Matt, Matt McGloin, otherwise known as Pat McGroin, you know, what, what Raider fans remember him for. You have uh, Cook, uh, who actually started the playoff game because uh, McGloin got injured in the Broncos game at the very end. And Cook was the reason why the the Cowboys ended up picking Dak Prescott because they wanted Cook from uh, Michigan State, Uh and he was picked up by the Raiders. So as a consolation prize, they get Dak Prescott. Kind of a good consolation prize there, guys. So, you know, but getting back, Carr can bring it. Carr can win you it. And it took about a year for him to get that mentality back because he had that ankle injury, he had the back injury, he had the, the finger injury. So he was a little bit gun shy and he we're starting to see a little bit more of the athletic car where when there's nothing downfield, he actually runs out of the pocket and the kid could run kids athletic. And, uh, you know, he just needs to remember when he's running with the ball, make sure he keeps the ball because mm-hmm. that's been his main problem, you know, especially in end zone corner pylons, you know, Kind of like uh, that bad voodoo juju that that you know let, lets the ball loose. Uh, Green Bay and Dallas come to mind. Uh, but uh, or 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 by the way, 
Uh, have you ever seen a first down marked with an index card? I digress. You know, <laughs> screw you, by the way, uh, who's in the, uh, uh, the, the Gene Steratore is in making money in the booth now. Um, but yeah, Carr can do it. Now, getting, I know it's long-winded. I apologize. I told you, I wind the road. I get back to the highway. Hey, that's perfect okay? for podcast. That's what we're here all about, man. <laughs> uh, Carr can do it, but I also firmly believe that Gruden eventually will want that that quarterback that he can groom because mm. the funny thing is is that John Gruden does not like rookie quarterbacks. He goes out yeah. of his way to get the veterans. Uh, uh, he got Brad Johnson. He got uh, uh, the the kid that played for the 49ers. Uh, uh, I can't remember his name. Um, Peterman? Uh, no, no, no. Well, I'm talking about when he was with the Bucks. Oh, you got you know, uh, Jeff, Jeff Garcia. Garcia. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, Jeff Garcia. He had Johnson. He had Garcia. Uh, he Hated couldn't do Chris anything Sims. with Freeman, <laughs> you know, because Freeman, sorry, I, I, I had to bounce him out of a bar one night, too. Uh, oh, jeez. Yeah, what a lost cause there. Uh, he, had, he had Bruce, great guy, and that was a veteran presence uh, afterwards. But, you know, Bruce was still young at the time. So he likes vets that he can that know the system and he can just say plug and play. Mm. But by the same token, if John can get a young guy and maybe teach him, I think that that would be something that needs to be done. I mean, uh, 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 Sims's kid uh, was available and he didn't do a good job there. Bruce, he didn't do a good job there, but I think in, in John's mind, He's got the quarterback with Carr, but I really think he might want that, you know, that prize in the candy shop, the one in the corner, that it's like a young quarterback that he can groom. I think that that was the one thing that he wants to do based upon I'm John Gruden and I had John Gruden's quarterback camp yeah. and, I'm, and I'm awesome. And I think he still wants to do that. And we'll see if that happens. Absolutely. Yep. Now, while we talked about the you know quarterback expectations for the Raiders this Sunday, I did want to kind of gloss over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, our expectations before we get into the weekly checklist and break things down. You know, I think the expectation for this team every single week, obviously, has to be like you had against the Packers. No, you're not going to beat every single team 38 to 10. But you look at the stat line that TB12 had. 166 yards, two touchdowns. When you've got a defense that can carry the game, Tom doesn't exactly have to do his job. And, you know, believe it or not, Tom Brady not throwing five touchdowns every single week, I'll be honest with you, probably means that the Bucks win more games in the long run. So if this defense can just carry the expectation that they have set for themselves, the standard that they have set for themselves, then I would love to see another strong defensive outing because, look, if you've got a defense that can play well and force turnovers, it really doesn't matter if in the first quarter your offense looks like it's stalling again. I don't think we'll have that problem again. I think you should have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin both healthy this week, so maybe they get a faster start than they did against Green Bay. But if you have a defense that can start from the first drive when your offense comes out and takes off 19 seconds, goes three and out in their first drive of the football game, it's much easier to manage. And, and going up against a team like the Raiders, who – as we've seen, can definitely put some points on the scoreboard. A big defensive performance this week is crucial. So 
make Tom's job easier for him. Defense goes out there and does their job. If Tom has an off night, then, you know, this is a defense that can absolutely still carry the football game, but it will be without a doubt an interesting game to watch Sunday night football. Every single week here on the Game Preview Show, we do a little something called the Weekly Checklist. And what it is, I put together three things that the Buccaneers have to do. And if they do all three of them successfully, they should win the football game. They don't always win the football game, but they should. So let's break it down. First and foremost, do not read into your press clippings, please. We touched on this a little bit on the Game Review Show. But, you know, Bruce Arians came out and said that this Bucks defense might have been a little high on themselves after the Chargers game and the Bears whooped that ass. So, you know, just don't buy into your own hype. Like, you have to act like you've been there before. That's where discipline starts. If you act like you've been there before, you act like you belong there and you don't get wide-eyed at anything that you or another team does, you're going to play like a damn good team in the NFL. Right now, the Bucks are on good pace for that, but setting consistency with their discipline is something that we are still waiting to see if they can do. And I really believe that now, you know, they have a better chance to do it more than they have the last five or six years. But consistency is key. You come out with discipline, consistency, and you you just you play like you've been there before. And it's funny because it brings me to the second thing on the weekly checklist. Play like you've done this before. Play like you're the team that everybody on ESPN and all the clowns over there say that you are. You know, if they're giving you all of this credit, don't buy into it. Just go out there and perform. You know, actions speak louder than words. And Evan said this after the Green Bay game, but it's Thursday. If the Bucks are still sitting around the locker room in the practice field talking about the way that they killed Green Bay on last Sunday, last week, they're going to lose. That's just how it goes. You know, I think the Bears game, while it was a mistake-filled game, I think they might have overlooked their opponent there a little bit, and that's what got them beat, along with the undisciplined. That'll lose you any football game. 100-plus penalty yards is going to lose a lot of football games. But just like the Chargers, that was an early what, 21-0, 21-3 start in that football game? And yes, they came back and were victorious. But you overlook your opponent, the game gets out of hand pretty quickly, and you're not always going to be able to fish your way out of it. So second out of three on the weekly checklist, play like you've done this before. And number three, the most important, I think the Raiders' offensive line has only given up like seven or eight sacks this season over five games, which is pretty damn impressive. But bring the pressure. Don't give up on it. If you're going to blitz, which we know is in the game plan every single week, just blitz. Just blitz. Because Derek Carr is a guy who's not going to lose you to football, but it doesn't matter who's under center. If he's got you know two or three linebackers in his face every single play, then he's going to get razzled, and maybe you can force a turnover or two. So that is the biggest thing I think the Bucks need to focus on with their game plan is just bringing the pressure, getting to the quarterback. As much as Josh Jacobs is a great running back and you've got a good stable back there, I don't think they're going to be able to run on Tampa Bay. You know, they're not going to be the number one overall. I think actually right now they're the number one overall defense in the NFL along a lot of those top defensive categories. I don't think they're they're going to be the uh, number one run defense all season long with the absence of Vita Vea. But I think they can still be top 10, maybe even top five, because you got a lot of great run support pieces there. I don't think Josh Jacobs or any of those guys are going to have a great day running the ball. So if you shut them down, you bring the pressure, you attack Derek Carr, who, you know, you shut down the run game. Any offense is one dimensional. So you bring pressure, you attack Derek Carr, maybe force a turnover or two. You should be able to come out victorious. So 
that is my weekly checklist. Evan, do you have anything you want to add? And then after Evan, of course, Jay, if you've got your own weekly checklist for the Raiders, just a couple of bullet points you want to hit for them to be victorious, we'd love to hear it. But Evan, your checklist, my friend. Just make your kicks. So make your kicks. I, uh, yeah, Jay, it's a kind of a tradition here. I, every week since the Bucks have had such kicking issues, I just say, you know, the key for these games is just, yeah, make the kicks. So if, if you make your kicks, you're going to win. So I think that that's the sole purpose, because the Bucks over the years have had so many games that they have lost solely because of a kicker. And uh, they've found some consistency, but uh, just got to make them. Nice and simple. I like it. Ryan Suckup has definitely been a sight for sore eyes this year. I don't feel nearly as nervous. My palms don't get quite as sweaty when he's standing there from 50 yards out like he put the hook on that beauty last week. But, yeah, make your kicks. Evan, really quickly, how many more games? If this is the game, if he goes four for four, one of them is from 48 yards. Is this is this the game that kind of you know flips you over? Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, I, I, I need one more. Even if you just go like two for two, just don't miss any. Yeah, Ryan Suckup definitely doesn't suck. But Ray, uh, I'm sorry, Jay, I said Ryan Ray. Suckup. And you can kind of... call me Ray. <laughs> you can call me Jay. Just don't say Levy. Call me AJ, you can call me RJ. You can call me RJJ. You can call me RJJ Jr. <laughs> but she doesn't have to call me Johnson. <laughs> so... <laughs> oh man, I, I want to you know, know your that, expectations. Again, I, my audience, go look it up. Okay, it's old school stuff. Hey, I hey. love a little bit of old school on this show every now and again. I, I think every single podcast doesn't matter the team. You got some old school flavor. It's just more culture for your show. And and like I said, man, right at the top of things, we really appreciate you being here. It's been it's been a blast. Yeah. Well, again, I it, it and I appreciate being here uh, from twenty one to one thirty nine. Did I get yeah. that right? Yep. Yeah, yes, that's sir. correct. Yeah, well, you, you can have me on other times, too. It doesn't just <laughs> have to be Raider stuff. But I, I appreciate you making sure that on – and I actually called you last week, too, or, or hit you up and said, I will be more than happy to come on for, for you because, uh, you know, great guy that you are. And, of course, we had that CSB good connection there as well. But uh, I, I, I tell you what, I'm going to take a little bit of off of both of what you had on your points. Uh, for Evan and his kicks, his suck up is is on the field a lot. I like that because that means that the that your quarterback and that vaunted offense is not in the end zone. Okay, mm-hmm. obviously I'm on the field and it's not a PAT. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> let, me, let me quantify that. <laughs> but yeah, if, if suck ups on the field two, three, maybe four times, I'll take twelve points. Mm-hmm. From the Bucks, as long as my Raiders and I think I did the math and and uh, I, I know that uh, Ryan uh, uh, is it Ryan or Matt or you know I, I'm just kidding with you, um, but <laughs> you screwed up my name. Uh, I think you probably did the stats as well. And from what I was looking at, and I I did the what the points for and points against were for the Bucks. I think the Bucks are averaging like 29 on offense, and they're they're giving up 20. If if I get that about right, Um, the Raiders are like 30, 30. I mean, it's real close. It's like Mm -hmm. 30, 30 for us uh, scoring. And we're giving up about 30. I'm going to say if the the Raiders are definitely going to need to put at least 30 on the board against the defense that is high. So I'll say let the Raiders score 30 plus 
because that means that we're working on that very good defense that the Bucks have, okay? 30-plus in a game for, with the Raiders, making sure that we do what we're supposed to do would be great. And uh, the other thing is, is that when we're talking about, you know, pressure on car, two things uh, on pressure. Pressure the bastard that's playing on the other side that's wearing a white jersey, okay? Because he does not like to be pressured. He gets mm -hmm. really pissy about it, okay? You know that uh, Prima Donna boy does not like it when a person, <laughs> uh, uh, and I'll say his name, like when Cleo Mack is getting in your face, he does mm -hmm. not like that. When the, the Saints were getting in his face in the first game of the year, he did not like that. It throws off this entire offense when Brady is getting hit. Mm -hmm. Yes, he gets really pissy about it. So you put pressure on Brady, and that's a good thing for the Raiders' defense. The Raiders' defense put a lot of pressure on Mahomes. They didn't, they didn't tag him because Mahomes is a little bit more elusive. Last time I checked, uh, uh, homeboy is 42 years old. I think he's taggable. And I tell you what, there, there, uh, we were talking about it on my, uh, one of my shows last night was the best thing that Raider Nation wants to see is the number 24 kick in Brady's ass. And the reason why I say number 24 is we go back to a very snowy day in New England, <laughs> okay? When another 24 playing for the Raiders tomahawked the ball out of that bastard's hands, <laughs> okay? Many, many Raiders fans will always remember this, correct? Uh, Oh yeah, yeah. It's like it's a dude. Those three hundred games ago. I don't. I don't care. You always remember it, okay? Mm -hmm. If you're a Yankees fan, you always remember Bill Mazeroski beating you in '62 with a walk-off home run. You know, okay? I'll be honest. You know, while we're while we're talking about this one snowy day, I think the most pivotal play. I don't know if I want to say in the history of football, but many refer to it as you know, quote the birth of a dynasty. And if it doesn't go that way, you know, the landscape of the NFL, while it may have been delayed for a little bit, it, it would have looked much different than it does today, especially for that one player that you refuse to mention, but the starting quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It, it was I, I didn't a very consequential name. play. Uh, you, yeah. you didn't get his name. Yeah. yeah catch his name. <laughs> um, Some sixth like, round draft pick. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. Guy picked 199, I believe. Yep. See, I know my shit. Uh, <laughs> I don't say fifty whose name I did for the for the broadcast. I don't say that guy's name because I despise him. There you go. Hate, loathe, abhor, and despise. I know that's a little harsh, but when said bastard gets behind a podium, in uh, after that snowy day in new England and says, Oh yeah, yeah. I, I knew that was a, you know, a tuck because we had that, you know, and he's, he's grinning Cheshire cat like, but you go back to the video of that bastard walking off the field when he <laughs> fumbled the ball head down, downtrodden said, I just lost the game for us. I've hated that bastard ever since, you know, <laughs> it's, it, and yeah, I take it personally. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. I know that there is ninety nine point nine percent of Raider Nation that absolutely agrees with you and sympathizes with everything you just said. I remember I was watching a live show of yours one time though, and somebody in the live chat brought up the possibility of Brady to Oakland back when that was a whole debacle. Um, oh, but oh 
I want to see. And what this. did and what did I what did I say? Oh God, I don't remember. But I, you definitely tore into the guy. I don't think you had much to say to him at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I said, uh, and and I'll be honest, okay. I hated the, even the 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 thought, the mere thought of him playing for us. But being a Raiders fan, I have to support whoever's under center. I get it, and i i would have I would have had to eat a lot of disgruntled crap <laughs> having him as our quarterback. And I'm very glad that I don't have to do that. I'm very glad that I have to look at him on the other side of the field in a Buccaneer uniform. And, and you, and Rhett, you know, this, I very rarely call your team the correct name. <laughs> okay. Uh, we got a new one from, from, from last night, but I, I, I digress because I will be kind to the folks that were kind enough to have me on for the, the cannon fodder. Yeah, yeah, that's that's okay, the other I, one I that I don't think right. uploads anymore. Cannon fodder podcast, awesome. <sighs> We're gonna I get sued. That's a cease and desist right off of the bat. Oh, is it? <laughs> no, oh, I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm messing with you. I, I know that there's oh. another Bucks pod referred to as Cannon fodder, but I don't know if they upload or are active much anymore. So we have definitely taken over with the tone shift. But I'll tell you what, they're, they're haters. They they they, yeah. they 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 know who the number one. CFP is. Okay. There you go. Right. There way. you go. Back to point. 24 for the Raiders this year is Jonathan Abram. A kid that can whack you. A kid that just is a is a mile a minute missile waiting to happen. And having 24 in, in like a crunch with Max Crosby on the other side, Mad Max. This is something that we've been envisioning Again, since Gruden circled this game <laughs> on the on the calendar, and your boy's a statue. Now I give it I give it to him in the fact that he he throws it he gets rid of it quick. Mm-hmm. But if you get in the right situation, I, I think all of Raider Nation wants to say it started with the snowflakes in New England, and it ends with twenty four. Breaking his ass. <laughs> uh, and again, not that I would ever espouse damaging players ever. Maybe one. <laughs> Maybe one. Well, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. Raiders score their 30. They prevent Evans and Godwin and Brait from killing them. The Raiders can be run on, as you guys know. And I think they need to stop the run. If the Raiders keeps the 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 Tampa offense below average, keep them on a low score, and we score what we're supposed to, then my key to win is just that. We do that, we win the game. Mm-hmm. There you go. So we're going to jump into some really quick score predictions before we break it all down and get out of here. And very glad to have, I think, the only guest we'll ever have who refers to Tom Brady as that bastard. Um, I mean, given a worst case scenario. But, Jay, it has been an awesome time talking with you, friend. I'm glad we could get just a, a dirty old Pirates perspective on Raider Nation go. right now. And, of course, this exciting game coming up on Sunday night. But score predictions really quickly. So we're going to wrap up and get out of here. I'm going to come out and say it. We said it a little bit on uh, our last show, 
But this is a team, this is a game where either team could come out and score 30 plus points. This is a team where one team could score 30 plus points and the other could score 17, 14. Um, you know, I think the Buccaneers are dealing with a much better defensive unit. And I think if they live up to the hype that they have set for themselves, this could be a slow day for the Raiders offense. But with that being said, I also have the expectation that the Raiders have proven this season they're a team that can swing with just about anybody. So I think it's a closer game than a lot of people imagine. Even if the Bucks are on their P's and Q's, I think this is a close game. So a one-possession game is my final score. Maybe I'm a little biased here, but my score prediction, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 31, the Las Vegas Raiders 24. A touchdown separates it. Buccaneers win, advance to 5-2. and two. Evan, your score predictions. Yeah, so I, I also think this is going to be a pretty tight game. I think both teams are going to get up for this one. They realize that, you know, for the Bucks, it's a chance to to really maintain, you know, the NFC South division. Um, and, and for the Raiders, it's a chance to get two games over 500 and prove that, you know, uh, they can they can hang and can make some serious uh, noise in a, in a playoff run. So it's a big game for both teams, I think. Obviously, Sunday night football, I think I, I always view Sunday night football as the more marquee one um, at this point. It used to be Monday night football, I think, but now I think it's sort of shifted to Sunday. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's a big game, and I think it'll be close. Uh, I'm not – I think both teams score under 30. I, I think uh, I'm going to take uh, the Bucks 26-21. I think it's a close game. I think it comes right down to the wire. And uh, I just I think the Bucks escape with one. They might get you know some some might call it maybe lucky. I think I think it'll be that close. I think the Raiders will definitely have a shot to win, and, and Bucks fans will be nervous for a lot of the game. But uh, I think the Bucks squeak out with with, with a win and and uh, escape Las Vegas uh, five and two. What do you think, Jay? What are your predictions, my man? Well, uh, Rhett, since it's Thursday and we don't have all of the injury report. And the things that we we like to see before a game, and and I'm not doing this because it's for this show. I normally wait until I get in all the information, mm-hmm. and I have I have my Thursday show tonight. I got my show with Big Nasty on Saturday. I like I like to get the feel of mm-hmm. what's going on. Um, I will I won't give I won't give a number score, but I agree with you. It's gonna I think it's gonna be a, a one possession game. I, I definitely feel it's going to be a one-possession game. However, I feel it's going to be a one-possession game in our favor, mm-hmm. and it it it'll be it'll be around thirty, maybe not quite thirty, maybe a little under, but it's going to be twenty-eight to thirty-two, twenty-eight to thirty-four as far as the the score points for us and the Buccaneers. Just underneath it, because Al Davis just said it best, just win, baby. And I really think that the Raiders are up for this game. Now, I will admit that the Raiders notoriously have been very slow out of a bye week. It takes a little bit for them to get kick-started. And as I said, they started slow against uh, uh, Nolens. They started slow and caught up against uh, the Patriots. As long as it doesn't get away from them, and they keep it there, I think the Raiders will wake up. And again, I just have that wonderful envisionment of Jonathan Abrams on one <laughs> side and and Mad Max on the other side, and that bastard, as you said, that I call him, in the middle. 
and it looks good. It looks good for me. And there, there's no snow in Vegas, at least not nope. on the on that field. But I, I just uh, and again, maybe it's wishful. But I'm going to say the Raiders win in a one score possession game, and uh, and I will be. And the best thing about it, Rhett, is you know that for the next four years, whoever wins this game can give it to the other team. <laughs> it, it's, it's it's a four-year game man it's a four-year game oh hell yeah oh, hell and yeah. for as long as i've known you for as long as we've been friend the multiple years it has been you know raiders have had the advantage most of the time when it comes to that series record but ladies and gentlemen really looking forward to a close tight action-packed game on sunday night football out in the desert between the tampa bay buccaneers and the oakland raiders with all of that being said that's just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening or watching us with video over on YouTube. And if you haven't already, make sure you click that subscribe button. And of course, hit the bell icon so you get notified every single time we upload a show or we decide to jump on live and take some of your phone calls. You can follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Basically the number one place to go for any updates on the show. And of course, Buccaneer news as it happens. Speaking of Bucks news as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan Wanish on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily, the number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram with over 25,000 followers. And of course, you can follow him on Twitter at Evan NFL. And Jay, you got some great content of your own as well. Captain Jack hosts his own Raiders podcast. And this Saturday, you're going to have Buccaneer super fan Big Nasty who people hear every single week in our intro here on the show. So where can the people find you and, of course, your awesome content, Jay? Looking forward to that big, nasty episode as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, that, that's going to be lively. Um, and, and Keith is a very good friend of mine, so it's, it's going to be fun, just like uh, the, the little tet for tet that we have here as well. Uh, find me on YouTube at Captain Jack Rackham Levy which I believe I made sure folks knew how to say is Levy <laughs> captain Jack Rackham Levy. That's on YouTube. Give me a shout. I do sports. It, it, it is Raider centric, but not always. I have fans from other teams and Rhett will back me on this. I have like Steeler fans and dolphin fans. And, uh, well, of course, Rhett being a bucks fan. And again, I was kind enough to say bucks and, and fans of other teams that call in talking about their team. But again, uh, you're going to find the uh, really great sports talk, definitely Raider talk on Captain Jack Rackham Levy. Instagram, uh, captain.jack.rack.em. Uh, basically, Captain Jack Rackham with some dots in the middle to separate them out. And at Twitter, it's at Captain, and it, the Captain is spelled C A P T, Jack Rack M E M. So you find me on Twitter, find me on IG, find me on YouTube. Very easy to find on Facebook. Hey, just find me. What's your excuse, people? <laughs> My God, you... I made it easy for you. That's all you got to <laughs> do, folks. Captain Jack Rackham, thank you so much for joining the show. Always a pleasure. And uh, we definitely had to have you on again sometime soon because, you know, once over two and a half years definitely is not the quota. A very entertaining guest and glad that we could have you on to talk this weekend's game. But ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, Rhett Matthew, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish, and our special guest, Mr. Jay Levy, a.k.a. Captain Jack Rackham. We'll talk to you Monday after the game. Until then, go Bucks. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.